0: Hey, what's up, Missoula? It's Coulter Nuanez of your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanes Now. Not only does the M Store in downtown Missoula have the best and most unique Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. That's right, they're all Grizz all the time down there at the M Store, which if you haven't been into their relatively new location there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway, go check it out. You're going to find Grizz stuff that you can't find anywhere else in Missoula or anywhere else in Montana but they also have a new Apple store inside the M store. Now I've been using a MacBook pro for the better part of a decade and it is awesome, but it's also a little bit precarious to find somebody to fix it. I also have a habit of leaving my MacBook chargers in various airports across the United States. Don't worry. I've accumulated like four or five of them now because I have to rebuy them and then they, you know, eventually find them and send them back to me, but that's here nor there. Any and all Apple products you might need, any and all Apple service you might have to have taken care of, they can help you down there at the M-Store. Go check out the M-Store for all of your Apple needs and all your Grizz needs. The M-Store, located in the heart of downtown Missoula, where they're all Grizz, all the time.
1: It's is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide
0: on SWX Montana Television. Back when I used to think I was really cool... <laughs> like er, I keep thinking. Like early 20s when I was just really thinking I was the man. There's a line in that song, Dr. Dre, where he says, I'm 6'1", 225, a pure chocolate. I used to tell girls that because I, you know, I'm a complete tool and I'm so embarrassed. But I'm telling you this because it's my birthday and I'm having a very reflective day. Welcome back. Nuanna honest now. is <laughs> hit radio. Rogers like, get out of here, bro. How you living, bro? Roger Seabrook rolling with us here uh, on your radio doctor. How
1: am I living? Up until 30 seconds ago, I was living pretty well. You, that dumb blankety blank stuff. So I'm
0: good, baby. I'm good. It's, it's, it's <laughs> New Dow now, ESPN Radio. Raj, uh, chipping in like he always does here. Yes, sir. Uh, happy uh, to have you here. Thanks for all the birthday texts. Happy birthday. Yes, thank you. The, People uh, are
1: listening to this old man talking to this young man who thinks he's going through midlife at 30...
0: Man, I got Jordans older than you, homeboy. Come on, <laughs> son. Oh, I love it. This um, is the first time on the show we talked about all sorts of different things. Uh, talked about the uh, varying advantages and disadvantages, also enrollment at uh, various high schools around Missoula and around the state of Montana. A very interesting conversation about high school sports and what are some of the things you can uh, capitalize on to lead to success. we also been playing smart or dumb which is our uh, favorite new NFL segment uh here uh or on
1: the my radio. nickname growing up as a child <laughs> you're the
0: smartest dumb
1: dude I ever met that's what my dad used to say
0: every uh thing you missed on hour number one can be found on the nuanas now podcast which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications the M store and the MSU bookstore all right let's play a few more smarter dumbs before we talk about uh, hit me up son the topic of the week um We're going to stick on the NFC West. Stay there. The Rams will try to prevent a mass exodus following the season. The paragraph says, The Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay era is closing. We don't know if Stafford will be physically uh, available moving forward. Donald may walk if he cements himself as the greatest DT ever. And McVay, who's talked about burnout before, will go explore life and recharge his batteries. I think that's pretty smart, only because I think that the tipping point there is Sean McVay. Sean McVay is the highest-paid coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He also, though, is, has a contract waiting for him whenever he so chooses to move into the TV booth mm-hmm. for a lot more money than he already makes in the NFL. He makes $18 million the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, but there's rumors out there that he'd make twenty to $25 million a year uh, as an analyst on TV. And, uh, you know, analyzing sports is a really tough job, I'm telling you. First-hand experience here. But it's not like being an NFL coach. You just have to wonder uh, when enough is enough for this guy. And if that happens, then what happens to the Rams after that?
1: Uh, you know, for me, it, that, that's called easy money. Like right. if you, if I can make seven to eight million dollars more, but have a fifth of the problems, right? And I can be home with my family. So I don't even know why he's still coaching. Like I, I got quite get, what he got CTE or something. I got a question. I got a question. Some of the scruples, or in this case, the lack thereof. Like there's just, I, I I like what you're saying. He's a young coach. He's really young. He's really young. He he could literally walk away, make a ton of money in three to five years from now, and then literally have another contract waiting for him on the back. Come back, back when end. he wants. Come yep. back when he wants, and and have a reincarnation of sorts. Um, and in the salary in the salary career.
0: cap era too, uh, like with how cyclical everything is, it, it's like they say the old saying goes: it, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, when. When you get fired, there's only a few guys in the NFL right now that are not going to get fired. Bill Belichick. Andy Reed, Andy Reid, correct. But like everybody else, is only a couple seasons away from getting fired. I'm not saying Sean McVay's there, but like Sean McVay has done one of one of the more impressive coaching jobs of the modern era because he took a sort of stuck in the mud franchise who just got into a huge market after they moved from St. Louis,
1: mm-hmm.
0: took them to a Super Bowl Absolutely. when they when they lost, they rebuilt the whole roster and then took them back to Super Bowl and they won. won. It's hard to do much better than what they've done.
1: Yeah, and I also think that he's just, uh, that team's just limited. Like, going uh, zooming outside uh, of the coach. You got Aaron McDonald, who's starting to get up there in age. Matt Stafford is two or three, like, really bad hits from, you know, sitting next to Matt Ryan, old noodle neck somewhere else in a booth. (laughs) Uh, So there's just a lot of factors that point to saying what you just read is smart.
0: One more of these, and then we'll come back to this a little later we on. Love this. This is the, this is just easy. I, I just want to do this one because uh, it, it's just automatically easy because of what happened. This this came out this column about bold predictions in the NFL came out before the NFL draft. NFL running back uh, Falcons running back, excuse me, Tyler Algier Algier, excuse me, will lead the NFC in rushing yards. That's objectively blatantly dumb, only because. The Falcons drafted Bijan Robinson out of Texas, who's the best running back in the draft. So uh, that actually might have been a sneaky smart statement because uh, Algier was good down the stretch last year oh, he's for the really Falcons. Good. had him on but, fantasy. But teams. then they then they drafted the you know a workhorse. I like do. That's going to be the one of the best running back at least expected to be as his number eight pick. He better be one of the best running backs. in the Reach NFL. pick, sorry, <laughs> reach pick. Well, that's the thing that that was the criticism of the Falcons is you're picking at eight. Y- you need a lot of different things. Bijan Robinson is great. He
1: would have been there at 18. But
0: but it's a reach at eight. And even if you wouldn't have been there at eighteen, you have multiple guys, including Algier. So uh yeah. dumb moves, dumb draft pick.
1: Dumb is my choice on that statement being made. Dumb, dumb, dumb.
0: All right, uh, let's talk about the topic of the week. So You I have ranted about this for almost three hours, I think, on the show already this week, but I can't help but keep thinking about it. The, the fracturing of college football has already started to happen, but I think it's going to continue. And, you know, the rich are getting richer. The Power Five is stratifying itself away from the rest of the uh, Division I football world. We've already seen the erosion of the FCS with the departure of a variety of premier programs from Georgia Southern to Appalachian State to Coastal Carolina to James Madison to Sam Houston State. There's been a variety of, of nationally uh, prominent FCS programs that have now moved up to the FBS. So I continue to wonder about the state of the FCS and, mm-hmm. what, and what it means. Because we're in this sort of insulated scenario now where, let's just be frank about it. I think there's 12 conferences in the, in the FCS but there's only two conferences in the FCS. SCC And it's the in the FCS. No, I'm talking Big Sky Conference. Oh, in the, FCS. Sorry. Yeah, Big Sky Conference and the Missouri Valley Conference. It, it's it, basically at this exact iteration. It's Montana, Montana State, Sacramento State uh, versus North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Northern Iowa, and that's about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's those two conferences vying for half of the at-large bids in the playoffs. Those are the only teams that are winning national championships. I mean. Since Villanova won the 2009 National Championship, since then, there's been one Big Sky National champion, champion in Eastern Washington, and then every other National Champion since then has been Missouri Valley Football Conference. North Dakota State's won nine, and South Dakota State won it last year. That's it. So, I have several questions for you, but I, I guess my whole premise here has been, one, if you're Montana, Montana State, you are who you hang out with, and who you're hanging out with is getting less prestigious and prominent. Two, the last thing you want if you're the cats or the Grizz is to be stuck with your pants down where everybody else moves on and move up, and now you're only compete for national championships basically against each other. Mm -hmm. And three, I think the revenue models at Montana and Montana State are capped. The only way they really make revenue is via ticket sales. You need to find a way to make additional revenue. Everybody in the FBS is making revenue off of TV. Nobody in the FCS is. So I just wonder, even though though, a move, quote-unquote, up, so the FBS would be a big challenge for the Montana schools. Uh, I think it's an inevitable necessity because I think they, they have an opportunity to really get stuck at this level. So that's sort of my basic dissertation on this. What do you think? What, just knee-jerk reaction. What do you think of uh, the current state of the Big Sky Conference, the current state of the FCS where Montana Montana State reside? I,
1: I think several teams in the conference and the Big Sky Conference overall is just kind of caught in a... Uh I don't want to say stagnant. I will. I will say maybe a purgatory. Sure. Like almost darned if you do, darned if you don't. For right. Sure. If you you darned because if you leave you you're, you're going to be bottom of the barrel because you're not used to the competition. Your scholarship, your money's allocated or different. Just the politics within the game are, and the business within the game. It's going to take you a couple of years to acclimate to. For sure. I
0: I would argue though. I think I, I've heard this a lot. I've heard from a lot of people that they think. That if the cats or the and the Grizz moved up to the FBS, that it would take them a long time to become competitive. I actually, I
1: I didn't say a long time. I said two to three years.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe two to three. But I think that would be an easy trans. I think it would be an easier transition than people think because one, you get twenty two more scholarships. Right. Totally. So you're going to be able to h- recruit a higher level of athlete and a different
1: type of athlete.
0: Also though, Montana and Montana State are largely recruiting against the Mountain West already. Yep. But they lose a lot of guys because the ki- the kids just want to go play in the FBS. Yes. Yeah, totally. That's they want to
1: play D1, so to say.
0: But you could totally beat out Nevada Reno and Wyoming and schools like that, you know. Th- there's a lot of schools at that sort of mid-major FBS level that you could beat out for recruits if you didn't have the FCS moniker. If you were FBS as well, now guys will, you know, if it's between Montana and Colorado State, a lot of times kids choose Colorado State because it's FBS. Yeah. But if you're FBS, yeah, you you could out recruit the Air Force Academy or Nevada or Wyoming. So.
1: Absolutely. I, again, I think that would that would take two to three years to kind of make that sway, get used to having 22 more uh, 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 scholarships because that 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 takes a new not a new type a different type of acumen to apply all of that. So I think them moving up in the ranks would actually benefit them. In the long run, the immediate, it'd be kind of, it'd be uncharted territory for Montana and Montana State fans getting punched in the nose for a season or two. Uh, But it would, uh, it would, it would, the pendulum would swing back around and uh, they would, then they would kind of become big boys on the block because that's just what both universities are used to being and they would acclimate well.
0: I have to mention our uh, our great friends at Canyon River, Canyon River Golf Club, one of the gems in the golf world in the state of Montana, located out there in East Missoula. The course is in unbelievably immaculate shape. Uh, played an early round this morning on my birthday, and it was very fun to be out there. But one thing we've been talking about this exact subject all week long, and one thing that um, one of our my pals we were go- I was golfing with added to this conversation, he was saying that. Being, let's just say you're in a, a, a Rocky Mountain region conference. You know, we'll call it the Mount West or whatever you want to call it, the best of the West, whatever. You're in the same conference as the Nevadas and Utah states, Wyoming's, North Dakota, South Dakota state, Montana, Montana state. Right, right, right. You know, th- right, right this right. little intermountain, Rocky Mountain region. Right, but, right. He, uh, as he was saying, not only is it a, upper level, a better level of competition, you have more recognizable schools. Truth. You reinvigorate a lot of old school Big Sky fans because the Big Sky Conference, as it is now, is nowhere close to what it once was. No. Nevada's already moved on and moved up. Boys yep, of State's, State's moved gone. on and moved up. You know, Idaho went and left and came Fletually back and went, whatever. Back and forth. But like, you know, so <clears throat> North Dakota and Southern Utah Northern Colorado and Portland State and all these, these schools have only been in the league for 20, 25 years. And they're not traditional members. And I don't think they necessarily have the the brand name appeal. But the other point that one of our uh, good buddies was saying that I thought was so valid was forever we've wanted to believe that the athletic department is the front door to your university, right? It's a great marketing tool. Mm -hmm. When the Grizz particularly were nationally elite year after year after year and they're playing game after game after game in the playoffs on ESPN – and Missoula is getting this spotlight on Friday nights, in the fall, in the winter, always. The App State game comes to mind. The UMass game comes to mind, where it's quintessential Missoula. It's snowing. People are going crazy. That's an unbelievable marketing opportunity for the university. That is an inquantifiable marketing effort that you, you can't buy. You couldn't buy a marketing campaign like that. It happens organically with football. Totally. But that's sort of gone by the wayside because the Grizz haven't been quite to that point over the last 10 or 12 years. But as my buddy was saying, you reinvigorate sort of the legend of Washington Grizzly Stadium or the legend of Bobcat Stadium if you join a new league. Because now, when Nevada comes to town for the first time in 30 years, or Boise State comes to town for the first time in 40 years, they're talking about it. They're talking about it. Then all of a sudden, okay, what happens when it's still a tough place to play? Now Wyoming's coach is sitting up there being like, man... The Grids are new in the league, but that place is an impossible place to play. Bobcats mm-hmm. are new in the league. Bobcats Stadium is not to be trifled with. So I think it would, it would, from that marketing and exposure standpoint, give you an elevated opportunity too.
1: Well, as we often talk on this show as well, culture, the social-cultural aspects of the Rocky Mountains comes back into play. Like, there are a ton of Boise State fans in this town. There are a ton of, you know, Mountain West fans for, for their respective sports that live in this town. So what you would also have is you'd have some reinvigoration of just in town rivalries because of the association with these schools and outside of the grizz. Like there's a there's a there's a contingency of people here who would love that. For sure. You know, or I, I have cousins that play for Boise State. But what it also does is now for our high schools kids, our local kids who yeah. It gives them a different pathway and something to vie for as well. And then it gives our coaches something different to coach towards as well uh, on a local and or state level.
0: So let me present... Nuwanez R- down R- R- ESPN Radio, Rajim Seabro, Yo. Walter um, Two other points that I've made, I'd like you to react to these. One, one of the biggest, I think, cons that people think of if the Cats and the Grizz were to move up to the FBS is that there'd be less Montana kids on the roster. Do you think that's true? Because you have to remember... At the FCS, you have so many walk-on opportunities because you have 63 scholarships, but you have a 100-man roster. Mm -hmm. In the FBS, you have 85 scholarships. So you have more scholarships, less walk-on spots. How do you balance that in your mind? I think there'd still be a lot of Montana kids that would get opportunities. What do you think?
1: I think kids get opportunities. I think more opportunities would open up. They just ne- not necessarily would be the pipeline, of MSU or UM. Like sure. we may see more Montana kids play on a Boise state because they know they can play Montana and Montana state. Interesting. They can still play in front of grandma, but I'm going to wear, you know, smurf blue and, and tangerine orange instead of, you know, the maroon and silver. So you also open up a, just a different way to look at things. Like it just, op- it, it just, it, 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 it Adds a different flavor to the gumbo, if you will. Um, I think you would have more kids who play because some of those teams want more Rocky Mountain kids playing on. They they want that type of culture of kid. They want the the kid from you know who's been bucking bales and grew up in his fourth generation, whatever. Uh, that makes an appeasement and sometimes the social cultural acclamation isn't an issue for those kids. Like, what's going on in Belt, Montana might be going on down in Boise, and there's less of a stressor environmentally for some of these kids as well. It, it doesn't feel like you're always leaving home, per se.
0: The other uh, thought that I had, but I, I don't have any real justification for this. I think you'd actually have to do sort of a, a market and cost-benefit analysis. But that is, most of the people that are moving to Missoula and Bozeman are not from here. Truth. And don't have... Strong, if any, ties to the region or the universities that exist in these two towns. I would agree. Do you think, then, that playing a higher level, specifically of football, would then cater toward capturing... More of these new people in town in terms of interest, or, or is the fact that it's the biggest show in town enough to captivate them? No matter what level you're playing
1: at, I, I think being the biggest show on town is going to is going to draw them in. When you don't have a professional team to to create polarity, um, then you won't have that. When you we were talking earlier about. Um, you know, kids wanting to grow up to be a Grizz more than they want to be like a sure, Hellgate night right. just because that's the only show in town. That's exactly what you're giving cre- uh, credence to. It's kind of like the Northeast, right? Sure. College football isn't as big. Why? Because you have the Jets, the Giants, the Eagles, all within three-hour radius. So guess what isn't as prominent? Northeast college football. Think about that. Like, when sure. you think college football, you don't think about the Northeast. Except you about Penn
0: State, because everybody in the Northeast has gone to on Penn, Penn State, State forever, yeah, right? yeah, I mean,
1: Penn State is... Like
0: Penn State became... Joe Paterno, Joe Pye. and Penn State became the 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 regional power of that area because because they were the one prominent, and they got everybody, everybody from to go New there. York, New Jersey, totally, Massachusetts, totally. Vermont. All of it, right? Yeah,
1: but part of that is a lot of those, you know, Vermont doesn't have a big draw for football. New York State, so you didn't create the culture within to want to do that. Doing this this way out here, like almost taking that same lens and making it convex instead of concave, I think you get more Montana kids that would stay within the region, not necessarily pipeline into, you know, our state schools, but would definitely have more opportunity and play hires who want to get recognized by those schools as well. So, you know, we, we can sit around, sip tea, and throw the bones on top of the table all day.
0: I'm not sure who this is from, but whoever it's from, I appreciate the high level of effort. Uh, this is a multiple scroll text to our, our text line. If you have thoughts, 406-888-1029. This, this is so long that they the boys in the back actually had to send this to me via email. So bear with me, I'm going to read this to you. I have not pre-read this, but I I assume if somebody spent this much time, and if there's pertinent points in here, we might stop, pause, and discuss as well. Uh, so glad you guys are discussing the Kankeriz move-up issue. If you'd asked me 10 years ago, this is coming from the texture, so why I'm saying I, I'm talking about them. If you would ask me 10 years ago, I have not been in favor of this move, but with what the FCS has become, I'm not seeing an upside for Montana and Montana State to say at this level. I agree. As you have said, so many of our peer institutions have moved on, uh, and we find ourselves in a situation where there are maybe only four teams with similar stadiums, facilities, prestige, and budget levels left in the division. I'd say maybe a few more than four, but that's about it, right? I mean, we always say Montana, Montana State, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Northern Iowa has great tradition, and they have a good facility. It's not quite on par with Montana, Montana State, but it's superior to the rest of the FCS. North Dakota also has uh, a good facility. uh, North Dakota is a solid FCS football program. Uh, South Dakota is also pretty good. And then I think at this exact moment – because of what, and we'll see what Sac State becomes now with a new head coach at the at the helm. But Sac State's, you know, three time defending Big Sky champs. They've gone twenty three and one in the league. They're in a huge metropolitan area, um, and then Weber State. You know, Weber State's been perennially a playoff team. They're not quite there with the Cats and the Grizz in terms of fans and 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 resources. But but they're not a you know sisters of the poor. They're they're pretty good. <laughs> but regardless. Uh, with revenue streams at max capacity, that's the other biggest argument I got. And so for your understanding here, the cats and the Grizz fund pretty much all their athletics, oh, buddy, I've been
1: listening all week. Yeah, I the, know I yeah. know the analytics and right, everything. Right. yeah, the 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 money has hit the glass
0: ceiling. The cats and the Grizz get about thirty percent of their athletic department subsidized from in-state money. They have multiple schools in the league, Eastern Washington, Northern Arizona. they're seventy plus percent, even eighty plus percent subsidized. So it's not it's in inequitable. Uh, sort of landscape here. With revenue streams of mass capacity, these schools face a turning point of looking to elevate or face stagnation and the further divisions between the Montana schools and the teams that were associated with them. I understand the want to remain and keep up what has made this level so special in the past, but the reality is that the FCS is now completely watered down. It's much different than it was even three years ago. If we use NDSU as the pinnacle of what we can achieve as a university, I believe this person's talking in the lens of Montana. One can look at the current state of their fan engagement and national brand. While they're recognized by many, it's still uh, this little funky school in the middle of nowhere which has produced a slew of NFL prospects. Their fans can't fill up the stadium anymore, and there's an overall feeling around the program of boredom. What more can they achieve at this level? It's true. They've won nine out of the last 11 national championships. While their success is unparalleled at any level of college football, I'm sure that they are currently at uh, their end goal for their athletic department. I know the loudest voices are the opinions that we could never compete financially and that we have no desire to compete in the Idaho Potato Bowl. Maybe they're correct, and I believe that both uh, schools' football teams would already be competitive in the Mountain West type conference. I agree, Uh, not to mention the help that would come from bolstering the number of scholarships. I think the silent majority of Grizz fans are sick of seeing teams like Butler and Indiana State come into Washington Grizzly Stadium and get blown out when we could be playing the likes of Colorado State or Boise State. Can you imagine a home-and-home home with Washington State? That stadium would be rocking. With realignment on the horizon in college football, Montana and Montana State must align themselves with their peers or they face certain relegation and they will no longer be a big fish in a small pond. As far as the financial side goes, Montanans are likely, most likely tapped. I agree with that, too. Uh, the key would be to focus in on how to increase state level and institutional support I can only hope that what, with both schools, are currently exploring, along with TV revenue, uh, that that is the key to making the jump to the next stratus of budget level. Uh, appreciate the super long and very well thought out. Ooh, straight tech. fire, boy! It, it is straight fire. That's the other thing, right? You could talk about added a revenue through TV. True. But you could also talk about added a revenue. Like think about the Missoula buzzes no matter Ferris State or Oklahoma Panhandle State or Central Washington or South Dakota or Butler or whoever is in town, Missoula's is a buzz for a Grizz game, right? Truth. But think about the economic and revenue stream impact if Boise, Boise State, State was coming to town. That's, that, that's the one Washington that- State, Wyoming, Colorado State, Nevada, like... All of the old Big Sky rivals, they will never come to Washington Grizzly Stadium while the Grizz are an FCS team. The only way the Grizz are going to play those teams is if they go they're there. They're on the
1: same level. Yeah, that's it. Or they, or they're on the same level, coming back uh, into the fold, so to say. I think it's brilliant. I love it. Like all of a sudden, my mind has engaged into a different perspective, my man. Bring it on, Boise State, Bronx. I want you here.
0: Noah's at ESPN Radio. A couple more texts from our listeners. Yay! Uh, one says it's not like going up with shut off the pipeline of Montana kids forever. What if the first tier Montana kids go to UM and the second ones then are walk-ons and then they go to the frontier transfer in two years and then they develop? I do think there's a lot of different ways that this totally. could be like, Whoever that is, thank you. I like that. You could also go back to the Tom Osborne model, right?
1: Tom I Osborne, like that. when he was at
0: Nebraska, he would fill the majority of the scholarships. With out-of-state guys, but then he would bring in 20 to 30 Nebraska walk-ons every year, and those guys would be competing for the last 10 to 15 scholarships on the roster. Mm-hmm. And then he would keep the other ones as sort of like the during-school guys to fill out the rest of your roster. Because you, you can bring 94 to fall camp, yep. but then you can carry 110 during the season. So you have a little leeway there. You have 16 it's a guys practice squad. that are walk-ons, it's a right? practice squad. So that you could still have walk-on opportunities and you could still see these same uh, sweet stories of the small-town Man, guys that make those hit.
1: Omaha and Lincoln boys on those teams. One last text for the listeners. Thanks keep so much. Coming.
0: I love this subject because it, it, it is so engaging. We've heard more from you about this than almost anything we talk about around In here. In the last seven years, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate it. Uh, last text here. In thinking about a possible, quote-unquote, snow belt conference, we always assume it would be the Montana and Dakota schools going in together. Is there any current insight into the views of the, the Dakota schools excuse me, on this proposition? NDSU could have moved up a long time ago, but they seem like they want to stay in the FCS and dominate. Would they ever even want to go in with us? One correction on that text. NDSU is not just staying, Pat, because they want to stay at this level. NDSU would absolutely move up. They just don't have anywhere to go. go. The biggest that's the thing. We're talking about this broad premise of realignment and uh sort of restratification. You gotta have somewhere to go, though. That's the, the main point. None of this is gonna happen until the dominoes fall. I think that there's a variety of dominoes that could fall. They're gonna leave certain schools in a in a uh, a situation where you gotta figure it out. But as of right now. Like, North Dakota State, they can't go to the Big Ten... They would get stomped. Big, well, it's not even that. They play in a 19,000-seat stadium. Like, the Big Ten stadiums... They lose the big, they would like, lose money. There's a, Iowa, there's a revenue Iowa's aspect the of smallest Big Ten stadium has 65,000 seats, yeah, right? Man, I mean, yeah. Camp Randall's, what, 90,000 people? Ohio State, Michigan, I mean, oh, these are 100-plus the thousand, thousand yeah, people. Yeah. So they don't have the that the capacity, the capacity. The actual proxemics. And they haven't gotten to the Mountain West yet because they're also... And this is the other challenge the Montana schools would go through. The reason you're a draw for media rights is either, one, your market. Well, Fargo, North Dakota, Missoula, Montana, and Bozeman, Montana don't have markets in terms of media. No, not at all. Or your brand. Mm -hmm. The Bison have a brand. The Grizz have a brand. The Bobcats have a brand. But they're not quite strong enough brands yet to realign. Right. So uh, in terms of what North Dakota State desires, I think North Dakota State would have moved up a long time ago if they had an invite or they had somewhere to land. But they haven't, and that's why they've they've been standing pat.
1: No, and the, the big jump, of people don't understand like the actual what you need on an infrastructure to do yeah. that. like nineteen thousand to sixty thousand—that's right. a lot of money to act uh, to to hope to put butts into seats. Like there's a the the, the social financial aspect of it is sure. it, it, it's crazy. It's free economics, if you will, uh, and and that a lot of that gets lost in the shuffle too. Like. Say we made that jump. We would have to augment that stadium. I'm not sure the infrastructure of that stadium can be augmented any further without compromising like well, not having the, parking on the, the campus of the University the, of Montana.
0: Montana's in a better situation than anybody else in the FCS because Washington Grizzly right now maximum capacity is twenty six thousand seven hundred. Totally. That's the same size as War Memorial Stadium. In Wyoming, so so you you have a, you know, have a comparison there. Okay, I always think Wyoming is a good uh, case study. Okay, Wyoming has an inherent advantage because there's only one state school. True. So they don't have a board of regents that's arguing over what's better for each. They don't right. have to be equitable. They can take tax money and state money and throw it at one. It's instead one of, huge funnel. You can bottleneck of, it
1: absolutely. Right.
0: But. Wyoming's athletic budget last year I, I believe was right around $41 million. Montana's was right around $25 million. So you got about a $16 million gap. Mm-hmm. How do you make up that gap? Well, one, joining the Mountain West is going to get you between $6 and $8 million in TV money. More. Boom, so there you go, you're halfway home right there. Mm-hmm. And then so you got to make up another 8. Well, I think you could I think the state of Montana would be more inclined to subsidize athletics if it was at a higher level and you're also bringing in another, another
1: source of revenue another source of revenue absolutely
0: and then i also think right now one of the biggest challenges specifically montana faces is student athletic fees but i think they're low You compare I, I think you could raise them you would have to to subsidize uh, you would have to the budget deficit all right we're going to keep discussing this please keep the text coming in 406 888 1029 Nobody's going anywhere until they have a place to go, but I just think that the Cats and the Grizz got to be ready to make the move when the move is upon us. We shall uh, continue this discussion. Plus, we'll probably play a little more smarter dumb, and we'll talk some NBA playoffs. Rajim Seabrook riding with me, Coulter Nuanes. Happy single day, Maya, everybody. Back right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanez coming to you through the ESPN-MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackville Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our... ESPN Radio Podcast Network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreis from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it, it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. This is is Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Beats by Raj. <laughs> he he, uh, he freaked me out yesterday. Nuance Now, ESPN Radio, SWX, by television and the ESPN MT app. Rajim always texts me songs. He texts me the links of the songs uh, that he wants played on the show. But he was sending me beats yesterday. I was like, wait, sweet songs, but are, you're coming on tomorrow, right? I had like a panic attack. I was like, is he coming on today? Oh, no. Uh, but... Then you were like, oh, I'm just sending you music. Just sharing, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Look at you. You are a caffeine monster. I thought we were trying to cut back. I said cut back on coffee. I didn't say cut back on caffeine now. I don't have a car. Again, uh, this is the endless saga. I, I, I'm i not even mad about it anymore. Um because it's just my lot in life, I think. I think this is like one of the challenges. What do you see,
1: 3PO? That's just my lot in life, <laughs> I, Master Luke.
0: I, I think this is like one of the challenges that the good Lord has given me, and I have to just uh, figure out a way to like function in America without a car. Whatever. It's fine. There's a lot of worse problems you could have. I'm, I'm doing great. Um, you better get a bike. Hey, I got friends. I got legs. I'm good. You do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Regardless, uh, I wasn't able to swing my Florence Coffee Company today. Uh, it is a Friday. Florence Coffee Company Friday. You can stay up late and do whatever you want on your Friday night. Go check out, uh, get one of those lotuses. They are uh, delish. Deadly delicious. Anyways, we've been drinking all my caffeine I got back here in the fridge. I already dimed up, Raj, with some yerba mate, which is uh, quite strong when it comes to the caffeine content. So now he's, he's drinking another plant-based energy. Uh, I mean, what are we at, like 500 millis today? Well, you got to think, I, I only work two Fridays a month. Mm, okay
1: it's um, good the, schedule. the the other Fridays I spend with my daughter all day nice but usually in a, in a in a day I will consume at least a pot of coffee on top of two triple Americanos Wow. right so today I've only had two cups of coffee and one triple Americano <laughs> so I'm just getting my levels back up to where they need to be. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, it's amazing. That's why I reverberate when I'm in a room. So I'm just <laughs> buzzing.
0: I love it. Um, all right, let's play a little more smarter Dumb. I just love this game. This is bold predictions from the NFL where then we uh, debate. Uh, I've been waiting for this one. The Minnesota Vikings will have their hands full with a new contract for Justin Jefferson. The wideout is entering the final year of his deal unless Minnesota picks up the fifth-year option. Jefferson shouldn't entertain the idea of playing as a lame duck. The Vikings will want him on board and engaged, despite what a big deal may do to their rebuilding efforts on defense. I am incredibly torn about this, because I think Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL. Hands down! I think he's one of the best players in the NFL. Hands down! And I think the Vikings uh, are a... I think the Vikings are a pretty mediocre team, hands down. Without Justin Jefferson, like I, I, there's very few offensive skill guys that can that aren't quarterbacks that can are truly worth two, three, four wins. The Vikings were an 11 win team last year that won the NFC North and made the playoffs because they have one of the best players in the entire NFL. That said, Justin Jefferson is going to demand. Justin Jefferson will be the highest paid wide receiver Period. in the National Football League when in, he the signs a, of in the history, the history National of the National Football, Football League, League. hands he, down, when he signs. What does that do, though, then to the Vikings? Like, the Vikings, if you want to get over the top, you got to get way better defensively. Yep. Dalvin Cook's time is running out for sure. They already moved on from Adam Thielen. So, See ya. Uh, I'm just so interested because, on one hand, I would never want to lose Justin Jefferson. I think he's truly one of the brightest stars in the entire NFL. Period. He on the other hand, if you spend all your money on Justin Jefferson...
1: Then where are we at? I don't know. You are where the Kansas City Chiefs are <laughs> going to be in like two years with Patrick Mahomes? That's where you'd be. Here's what I th- what, when I look at the numbers that Justin Jefferson has put up with Kirk Cousins, who's like the again the major master of mediocrity. It's ridiculous. Could you imagine if he had a Josh Allen, right? A Patrick Mahomes, For sure. A Justin or a Justin Aber or anyone along those uh, 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 lines. We're not even talking about hamstringing the team. You just pay this young brother. The problem is again is you, you don't rob Peter to pay Paul just to hang sure, out with right, Mary, right, right? Right. But he is due what he is due right now. You got to pay him. Plus, when I look at the money you pay Kirk Cousins,
0: Right. Exactly. Son. For sure. Me and mom. So here here's here's where I'm at is if you pay Justin Jefferson a mm-hmm. boat, a boatload, yeah. and then you stay bad on defense. Yeah. and it inherently makes you bad. Yeah. And then you move and then they're going to move on from Kirk Cousins at some point. Hopefully it's sooner than later, right? <laughs> Next this season But then, then you move on from him and then yeah. you're bad. Yeah. Well, then you could draft a rookie quarterback. And that's the only to me, the only way the Vikings are truly going to get over the top is either two ways. One, you sign a boatload of premier free agents on defense.
1: Mhm.
0: But that's probably not going to happen, uh, especially because you're you know you're an indoor team. You got, the Vikings have always won with offense. That's what the Vikings have to win with is offense. So the other way you do it is you got to get a quarterback, and the only way you're going to get a quarterback, you're not going to sign one. No, you got to draft him. You got to draft him. The only way you got to take the only your way you're going to be in the position to draft him, and this is why the Vikings have been stuck in neutral for 20 years. It's ironic, right? The Vikings have not ever been bad. In my 25 years of being a Vikings But stand, they've never been great. That's the whole th- point. They have been 7 to 12 wins... For the duration of my life, except for in 1998 when they had Randall Cunningham and Randy Moss, they won 15 games They went to NFC Championship game. And that, lost to the Giants. They did. They lost to the Falcons. Uh, uh, they did. They lost to the Falcons, I promise. The okay, I'm think,
1: maybe I'm thinking of, of a playoff game they lost uh, to the they Giants. They lost
0: to the Giants multiple times in the playoffs, including last year. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. tried and true. They, they're, they have a hard time getting over the top. But the only way they're going to get over the top is to get a quarterback. So I actually think that the immediate future for the Vikings... Pay Justin Jefferson, whatever it is. Set the market, pay him. Mm-hmm. If that means you're not going to be very good on defense and you can't give Kirk Cousins money, who cares? Just be bad for a year and then go get your quarterback in the
1: future. Yeah, just outscore everyone. Take your lumps on defense. Yep. Put the Band-Aid over the gaping wound for one season.
0: You want know, us to have ESPN Radio, SWX, Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. No. It's that time. NBA playoffs. Playoffs? The Knickerbockers are still alive. Heck yeah, they are. Eight left. What do we think? We'll break down the whole field to take you home here on your Friday. Keep it right here. No in want now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delanz of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know, if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. You know, we're available 24-7. Consultations are free. And when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations. The Montana Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate.
1: One, two, three. One now on ESPN Radio. What a line. Trying to front, perpetrating a stunt when you know I'll smoke you up like a... I'm Wan like Gucci, <laughs> raw like Susie Stays the phrase where rap means to me. I'm sorry. Keep going. I, I can g- go.
0: G- give me the Big Daddy Kane lesson. I'm I fringely familiar. You you drop some songs in yeah. a thread every once in a while. Yeah. So, so what's, the, what's the deal? What's the scoop? I'm Jim Sieberg rolling here on Nuance Now. Thanks for listening here on your Friday.
1: Yeah, and the reason why we're doing this is there's some hip-hop history. Hip, That's right. The genre of music which has spawned most of popular music for the last 30-something years yep. off the branch of, you know, that part of the music tree of life um, turns 50 years old this Amazing. year, America. Uh, one of the most innovative, creative forms of music turns 50, Turns the half-century mark. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, late 80s, early 90s uh, performer, also former partner to Madonna. A lot of people don't know that. Mm. Um, was what was almost considered, like, smooth guy rap. Like, Mm -hmm. here's a really good-looking guy who can dance and rap. Smoother. Like, smoother. Like, just smoother. Like, if you listen to his albums, the the brother has flow. Like, he can can flow romantically. He can flow street level. He Like, just a different guy. And it was just... um, He just set the edge in a different way. He was, like... He was... The suit-wearing version of LL Cool J, if you will. Mm, like, okay. you know, LL was still wearing track suits and kangles. Big Daddy was wearing silk suits and alligator shoes. You know what I'm saying? But making you go home to your mama because he would verbally assassinate you. So, yeah, just, you know, part of the old-school Juice Crew. Brothers out of Queens, you know, the Marley Marles. Uh, big Bismarck guy used to hang with him. So, yeah, Big Daddy Kane definitely one of possibly the top 20 MCs of all time.
0: Love it. Yes, sir. Hip-hop education. What's up? Uh, here with Rajim Seabrook. Uh, let's talk some NBA playoffs. Let's do it. What's couple up? couple games tonight mm-hmm. and then a couple games tomorrow. Tonight, Boston is at Philly. That series is tied 1-1 uh, against all odds because um, Joel Embiid was out game one, yet Philly still went into Boston and stole game S- one. Robbed it. Uh, Doc Rivers uh, completely and utterly uh, ran circles around Joe Missoula. Uh, game two, though, Boston did bounce back, and it mm-hmm. was a great response, and they uh, systematically just uh, erased Philadelphia, one going away. But it's a big game in Philly. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, nightcap tonight, Denver, really impressive the first two games there. Uh do we know Chris Paul's status for tonight? We'll we'll find out. Old. But Chris Paul was he pulled his groin old. Which has been his <laughs> lingering injury forever. Uh so he missed the the tail end of uh game two. Yes. But Denver's really impressive. They are up two nothing. This is a must win for Phoenix tonight, I think.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Like if it if it if not, the avalanche uh, effect starts coming quick. So Phoenix has got a rebound. No pun intended.
0: Phoenix is in such an interesting situation because they have several of the best players remaining in the playoffs. Kevin yes. Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. But they, they don't have any depth. And they played those guys 40-plus minutes each to get out of the first round into the second round. They look sluggish in game one. Like, they just look... Not, sluggish is a it's a poor,
1: poor word. They just look tired, strained at times. And when you don't have depth behind that, like he, the w- once you get into gaps you can only dip into the well but x amount of times before the well is you know it's it's gone the water's just gone and phoenix is running um into that right now the gap between you know the starting 5 6 and then the rest of the bench it's it's starting to look like the grand canyon uh, you have the fastest thumbs i've ever seen <laughs> holy buckets that was amazing the
0: uh the Suns, it's a bigger break game tonight for sure. Where are we at, though, with this game three between the Celtics and the 76ers? Because um, Boston, Boston's supposed to be the team to beat in the East with the Bucs out. Mm-hmm. They have been very good at times this year. They've been very maddening at times this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're going through what a lot of teams that have a sort of cohesive core go through as roles ebb and flow. Jason Tatum's a firm superstar. Jaylen, Absolutely. Jalen Brown, though, wants to be a superstar. So bad. And he's right there. On Mar- the Marcus Smart was like the sort of alpha dog Gary Payton type leader of this team. But he's he's sort nah, of... Second fiddle, third. Say, yeah, well, he And he's regressed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now Derek White is sort of on the come up. But they're having a hard time figuring out who to play. Uh, and it, how to play it, them. And, and in clutch situations. And uh, so Boston's going through a lot. The fact that, you know, if Ime Adonka was the head coach of this team... I think Boston's overwhelming favorite, but they're not. They got a first-year head coach in Joe Missoula who's hey, sort of swimming upstream right now. And then Doc Rivers has been in the playoffs a million years in a row. Totally. It's also a make or break series for Philadelphia, though, too, because Joel Embiid, you know, although he's a little bit dinged up, he is at the height of his powers. And when will he be like this again? Who knows? This is his athletic peak. He's 29, he's he won the MVP. So I mean, this is a enormous game uh, in Philly tonight.
1: Yeah, I think that I think if Embiid plays to where we know Embiid can play, Philly wins this tonight. Um, I, I I just feel like Boston right now is lacking a little bit of identity. Like there's just there's there's a, a certain amount of cohesiveness that they are not playing with uh, when you watch them And Philly. If if done right. And beast is just dominate across the board and just feed the big man and let him go to town. And I like what you said. His needle is 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 going to dwindle here in the next two to three years, especially his his injury history hasn't been that great. Like well, I mean, he, he's
0: been he's been hurt you know, every year.
1: Yeah, he's like Zion Williamson Jr. You know, I what mean I'm they, saying?
0: they're there's they're slow playing this one. I mean, he has a sprained yes. LCL. But they're slow playing it to not make it a big deal because they want him available. But like to advance, it's, it's yeah. just impossible for this guy to stay on the court for multiple series in a row.
1: Yeah, it is. So they have to just play him when they can play him. I think Philly wins this tonight.
0: Tomorrow, yes. on that May, New York against Miami. 130, baby. The, uh, the Heat stole game one. Buddy. Like bandits. But then Jimmy Butler was out game two. Different story. And, uh, New, York, New York got it done. But back in Miami. Miami's the funniest place in the whole NBA because when the heat are rolling, the crowd's awesome. When they're not, ain't nobody Dude,
1: there. Dude, it's like watching a D3 football <laughs> game at 3 it's o'clock so in the morning. Funny. Ain't no one there.
0: But now they're rolling. And so everybody's out oh. out to play. Oh, I mean, yeah. You got the starlets oh, sitting yeah. courtside, all of it. So oh, yeah. uh, where are we at with this one?
1: Let's go. Go, New York, go, New York, go. Like, I love the Knicks. Um, I think they were a little shell shocked in that first game. The Knicks haven't, this is uncharted territory. The Knicks haven't been in the second round of the playoffs since I had a hairline and a waistline. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) it's a, uh, it's, 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 they they got their feet under them, even though Jimmy Butler didn't play. But I'm confident in New York playing a much better game um, for for game three. And I I tell you what, man, the Knicks, the Knicks, if the Knicks put it together, they can make a run. For sure. Like they I mean the fact that they're even here is a shock and a surprise pleasantly. But um I feel like New York can win game 3 tomorrow. I'll be at Despo's
0: watching. Love it.
1: Oh, face full uh, the, of
0: sauce. The uh one of the best parts about the NBA playoffs is when you see guys that are in their first real primetime action sort of come of age. Truth. R.J. Barrett had an unbelievable amount of expectation as the number two overall pick coming out of Duke. True. He was Zion Williamson's right-hand man. Yep. All this stuff. He, he sort of had to toil there for a little while. Then he got some running mates with Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. Now they have a real team. They have a real coach. Got a squad. But he's also the X factor for the New York Knicks. He played White's out. in First round, one. round was unbelievable. Unbelievable. If he can keep doing that, then now he can start his ascension into being not just the young guy with potential, but an actual bona fide, real superstar in the NBA.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was very flash. Good. Good series. Now you got to maintain it. Like once you've achieved it, you've got to maintain it. That's the hardest thing about sports. You hit a certain level, and you got to maintain it, or not. The fall from grace is quick, hard, and painful.
0: The uh, the series that has captivated me. It involves the two teams that have captivated me the most in this playoffs. Part of it's just because I've had the the window and the time to watch them because they're both West Coast so teams. Late. That's the Lakers and the and the absolutely Warriors. Um, outstanding effort by the Lakers in Game One to steal that one. Yes. Outstanding response by the Warriors in Game Wonderful Two last response. night. They just absolutely smashed smashed the them. Uh, going back to L.A. though. The Lakers are in a great position. They're in a power position in this, even though it's 1-1, because they stole home court by winning that game in in, uh, San Francisco uh, the other night.
1: Oh, dude. L.A. went to the Bay and took it back home down south. Um, I think, uh, to me, this is the push game out of of all of them. Like, it can literally go either which way. I just know LeBron's not trying to lose at home. No doubt. You know Bronny ain't trying to lose at home. But I tell you what, man, I've not been the biggest Steph Curry fan last two years. Really? Why not? We'll talk off-air about that. Okay. But the last two years, I've come to respect this young guy.
0: Oh, I mean, for sure.
1: And I think that he continues to be the X Factor in every series, even more so than LeBron in this series. Um, I want Golden State to win this game, but I think L.A. takes this one at home.
0: It's such a sweet deal because you have two of the great players of their generation. Two so the great oh, yeah. players of all time. Of all time. Going at it. I wish it was the Western Conference Finals instead of the, the semifinals, but uh, it is what it is. Even when it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, man. Thanks for being here. Thank you. New Orleans Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, hope you have a great weekend. Cinco de Mayo. We'll be back at it on Monday. Be safe tonight if you're imbibing in the Coronas and the tequilas and whatever Pacifico. else you might be drinking. And uh, happy birthday to me. Thanks so much happy for hanging birthday, out with baby. me on my birthday. Uh, we'll see you on Monday. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuwana's. From your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuwana's Now archived as well on the Nuwana's Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of getting giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, go check out the Montana State bookstore located in the Strand Union building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.